Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Maureen Shadows. And on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, I will be reviewing just AEW Dynamite that debuted on May 13th, 2020. As always, we're going to be going through every single thing that happened on the card. You will hear all of my notes and then you'll hear some of the criticisms and how certain matches could be fixed or not fixed or maybe certain storylines that could be improved. You know, the whole works. I do this as my passion. Every single episode is different. Every single thought I have is completely different as well. And I just want to take a moment here to say thank you to everyone on Twitter that has recently followed me. If you have recently followed me at Marie underscore shadows, please do me the huge favor of not only listening to this full entire podcast, but make sure to follow me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are available. Make sure to follow the Square Circle Podcast on there so that way you can never miss an episode. The other thing too is to follow me at my wrestling newsletter over at Substack. Please make sure to type in correctly squaredcirclepodcast.substack.com. Join the family. Join me on this insane wrestling journey to hear my thoughts, to hear what the indies have to offer, especially in the New York City and New Jersey area, which I cover. And you guys could definitely read the backlogs of that on the newsletter as well. What are you waiting for? You guys have nothing to lose. Everything is for free. Just sign up today and we'll be great family members. Also, one more announcement. I totally miss writing wrestling articles. I took a break from it because I'm currently dealing with stuff at home, meaning cleaning and also putting out these podcasts for you guys to listen to and for you guys to share and talk about. But I really, really miss writing wrestling articles. And because I'm not going to wrestling events during this pandemic, since almost everything is shut down, there's not enough for me to write about. But because Double or Nothing, the second annual of the AEW pay-per-view is coming up this Saturday, I decided to take the match card, give you my predictions, write about my predictions, and just have articles lined up so look out for that on sports Gita. if you guys follow sports Gita, you guys can definitely follow my profile over at sports Gita when you correctly type in www.sportsgita.com forward slash profile forward slash marie dash shadows there you'll find my three latest posts on lance archer cody rose versus jimmy havoc and kenny omega versus semi guevara I appreciate all the love and support from you guys. Please continue to do so as I continue to put out these podcasts for you and break down these matches because wrestling is my passion. Wrestling is number one. Wrestling is above all. AEW Dynamite opens up with Lance Archer and Jake Roberts coming out to the ring. Jake Roberts cuts his promo. In this promo, he says that he wants Brandy to kiss his ass. Explains that the outside of the ring is also the playground of him and Lance Archer whenever they have matches. So no one is exempt from getting their ass kicked. Cody and Rose. he calls out Cody now, like he does every week, single time. Ever since Jake, Jake Roberts, Roberts and Lance Archer arrived to over AEW, Brandy, that's all they've that's been doing is calling out within the Nightmare Cody family. Now, and Cody Rose week, does not take lightly to that. Now, last week, Jake Roberts had put the snake over on Brandy. That's a very personal attack within the Nightmare family. 
And Cody Rhodes does not take lightly to that. And you can tell that Cody didn't take lightly to it because Cody comes in WCW style with his Ford pickup truck that has his Nightmare logo on top of the hood, making the engine roar until he knocks over the barricades, stops, get out, and both him and Lance are battling on the outside. Cody and Archer begin to battle. They're surrounded by steel and concrete. Cody tries to gain his composure, and once he does, he takes Lance Archer's long braids and tries choking him with it. Then there's a chair in the ring, and I believe Jake Roberts threw the chair in there. And Cody throws the chair to Archer, but Archer eats that shit. Like, why would you just throw the chair to Archer? You gotta do RVD style. Throw the chair, kick it, so that way the big man can go down. Not just throw it and just happen to pray that he goes down. It's Archer. It's the murder hawk. Like, do some more damage. Then Archer comes in with a big boot to Cody. Cody breaks free from the blackout. He wiggles his way out. And then he stops Archer from doing the everybody dies claw. Archer pushes Cody off into the ropes. Cody tries to do a cutter. Doesn't work. There's a complete standstill to the point where Jake is telling Lance Archer, let's go. Let's not do this right here, right now. And both Lance Archer and Jake Roberts retreat to the back. After that, we get a beautiful tag team video package that reminds you of all the great tag teams that AEW has built up. AEW is where tag teams are going to thrive. And if you are a tag team, you're going to do great in AEW. Team match, which is Jurassic Express versus Best Friends. Jungle Boy starts off with a side headlock takeover to Chuck. There's a lot of quick action and a lot of deep arm drags. Chuck Taylor and Jungle Boy were trying to one-up each other in the beginning of their match. Then it got switched to Trent and Luchasaurus locking up in the middle of the ring, but Luchasaurus uses his power. That'll be that. Trent tries to do some chops to Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus does not fold under those. Trent tries to do some chops to Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus does not fold under those chops. Luchasaurus gives his own chops to Trent and Trent is on the canvas. There's a lot of forearm exchanges. There's a body slam and a kick by Luchasaurus onto Trent. We get some Jungle Boy action as he tries to do a top rope move, but then Trent catches him and does a side release suplex to counter Jungle Boy's top rope. Chuck Taylor comes in assisting Trent with a top rope suplex, but gets reversed when Jungle Boy throws in one of his punches and high double drop kicks the team. Jawbreaker attack. Luchasaurus comes in with a tail whip. Jungle Boy with a cartwheel barrel assisted flatliner to Chuck. Trent comes in with a spear to Luchasaurus. Again, there's another exchange 
of strikes between Jungle Boy and Chuck Taylor. There is a swinging DDT from Trent to Luchasaurus. And now the kicker, all pun intended, the kicker of this whole entire match that made this match worthy. Coming out, a kick to Orange Cassidy's head. And that was the moment of the year, the moment of the night, the moment of this Dynamite episode. But when you least expect the most dangerous of moves or stunts or whatever you want to call it, just so you know, we tend to laugh when things get nervous and your body doesn't know how to respond to certain situations. Seeing a masked luchador come out of nowhere there was no build-up no talking about it the announcers didn't even say something about ray phoenix all of a sudden ray phoenix comes out kicks orange cassidy in the head then runs off that's like one-on-one anime one-on-one mortal Kombat. like that was a really great segment and that made the match for me so wow come to terms with what the hell just happened MJF threw Jungle Boy into the ring. MJF threw Jungle Boy into the ring post. Then that allowed for Chuck to spike Jungle Boy with a power driver type finisher. That allowed Best Friends to pick up the victory. This now gives Best Friends momentum heading into Double or Nothing when they face Private Party in the buy-in. Prediction number one. I am going to be biased because I know Private Party. Private Party is a New York City tag team. You know, they are my guys. So for the buy-in, my first winner pick is going to be Private Party. In this buy-in match, after Best Friends win, And that's the end of that. You know, matches together is not a long way. The women of AEW matches together is not fighting each other. Matches together is not chemistry. Their strong suit, depending on like who is fighting each other, because some women have more chemistry with not others. Others in this match, we have Penelope Ford versus Sheeta versus Brit versus Chris Statlander. It felt sloppy. It felt spaced out. And it felt like the women were counting the amount of steps needed before a huge spot came in. It wasn't cohesive. It wasn't like a smooth fatal four-way match where every single woman, you know, can also show what they have and still make it look effortless. Two that I have for this match. My first critique is the way that they had Chris do all these high powerful moves that didn't mean anything. So she did power moves and then she also did spot. Let me just run in there do this move and then bam, we're all on the mat trying to catch a breath so that way the other girls can have time for their stuff. Like it just felt like Chris was just gonna be there and not be important. 
it wasn't important what she was doing because if she was really because she is bigger than the three of them you know she would at least have a couple of near falls or maybe happen to get a victory moves that the other women would do and then also doing power moves it just didn't work and then also i've noticed that i understand that we're in this quarantine together and not everyone has access to like wrestling deprived and sometimes the only way to work out the rust is by wrestling i just feel that the same fire and passion that chris had when she started and then with this whole freaking pandemic like i could just see it in her face that i don't know if she wants to be there at this time for her to mess up on certain moves and to get knocked out a little bit, I'm just a little concerned. And I'm not saying that Chris sucks. There's something magical about Chris Statlander and her gimmick as being the alien. And I wish that she would explore more of that and become this alien character and not so much have a human base to it. But yeah, that's just how it Be safe because you want to live longer. Make sure that you really want to do it. Wrestler. Once this whole thing goes away. Once this whole thing goes away. So that might be like so one and a half. That might be like one and critiques. a half. The other critiques. Critique. The other critique is that. So that might be like one and a half critiques. The other critique is that Brit pops out a canadian destroyer to chris statlander everyone on the internet was ripping apart the women for that i don't know if you want to call it a botch i wouldn't call it a botch there wasn't really a botch to it it was just a matter of timing it's all about timing and that's what happened these girls are not bad in the ring it's a matter of timing it not looking smooth and everybody had a spot rather than trying to get themselves over with their wrestling moves and not just so much we punch 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 spot kick kick punch spot punch kick punch spot like it shouldn't have felt that way it shouldn't be feeling like a ballet lesson where you do the three steps bam you jump or whatever the case may be like this is how this match felt like very choreographed nothing special about it nothing like smooth nothing to where i could be like 
you guys are getting better. You guys are on the same wavelength as the men. Because sometimes when you have a men's fatal four-way, because they train so much together, because they fight so much together, it looks very, very smooth. But getting back to Britt Breaker doing the Canadian Destroyer to Chris, because I think I went off on a little tangent there. It should not be when you're both standing still. Because when you're both standing still, you may not have the full momentum. Because when you're both standing still, you may not have the full momentum to complete the move. And then someone gets hurt. The last thing you want is to have your opponent get hurt on a small technicality just because you guys are doing it standalone position. I'd rather have the Canadian Destroyer have a little bit of a running start or some type of momentum so that way when you flip it, bam, it looks beautiful. It looks great. I understand if professional wrestlers want to incorporate new stuff into their arsenal and show it to the world and you know have the world be the critic. But if you're not tweaking it and you just want to do it for the sake of doing it because you know how to do it, don't do it that way. Punch, and don't punch, put it in a match spot. where everything is going to be... Punch, punch, it would have been a spot. lot more, you know, you know, it would have been a lot more bang for your buck. I think that Chris got dazed a little bit because I don't know what the next sequence would have been between those two. But then again, when you do a Canadian destroyer, you shouldn't be expecting your opponent to get up right away they have to at least sell it like you damn near like you could be dead you could be paralyzed it's just as simple as that look like she's just stalling time so that penelope could come in and do her cutter but the problem with that is that it would have been nice if penelope would have forearmed Dr. Britt Baker in the back, make her seem as if like she's groggy from getting hit with a forearm. Here comes Penelope, jump off the rope to do a cutter and bam, make it look a lot smoother rather than having Britt stay there. And we all know that the move is coming. That's foundation one-on-one. Don't let the crowd, or in this case, the crowdless know that a move is coming. And I only say crowdless because of like, technically, even though you have AEW personnel in the crowd, which I totally love that they have it there. And I wanted to continue to have it there. In the reality of it, there's no fans. So crowdless. That's why I say it that way. But... These four women are great. They tell fantastic stories in the ring. If you're not getting in time, then it's going to show on the big stage, on camera, on the big stage, on camera, and it's not going to translate very, very well. All right. Now into my notes. You guys can definitely skip forward from here because right after this is the tag team match, but Which is like a breakdown of what happens in the match. And then we'll go straight to the And then we'll go straight to the one side of the ring while we have Britt Baker versus Sheeta. They go to the other side of the ring. And Chris started off. And Sheeta started off. The only reason why Britt 
took on Sheeta is because Sheeta broke Britt's nose a couple weeks back. Ford and Chris fight in the ropes. Britt stomps on Sheeta. Britt was about to break Sheeta's teeth until Chris comes and picks up Britt. Britt tries to do the boop so Chris won't hurt her. But then Sheeta comes in and they both do a backbreaker to... Ford comes in with the crossbody to Sheeta and Chris. Both Sheeta and Chris kick up. Double kick to Ford from Sheeta and Chris. Britt with forearms to Sheeta. Chris attacks Ford. Britt comes in with a sling blade attack. Britt tries to put Sheeta in lockjaw, but that doesn't happen as Chris comes and grabs Britt's nose. Picks up Britt into a fireman's carry. Ford hits Chris in the stomach. Britt does DDT. Ford goes for a cover. She gets a near fall. Chris to catch her on her shoulders. Then Chris decides to face plant forward. Sheeta comes up to break up the pin. Britt and Sheeta fight in the corner. Chris throws forward into Britt. Sheeta with a running knee to Chris. Chris with... However, Britt kicks Chris, which happens to create a small package for Sheeta. Britt then needs Sheeta to pin her and only gets a two count. That was a pretty clever combination. Britt does a Canadian destroyer to Chris. Then Ford comes in with a cutter to, to Britt Baker. Sheeta does a running knee and pick up the victory in this fatal four-way match. Sheeta does a running knee and pick up the momentary in this fatal four-way match. This allows Sheeta the momentum she needs to go into double or nothing facing the AEW Women's Champion Nyla Rose. Prediction time. At Double or Nothing, it is going to be Sheeta versus Nyla Rose. And then it's also going to be Dr. Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. Britt Baker is going to get the victory over Chris. There's no major storyline with them going on at the moment. It's just to feed Britt's heel side for her to keep going with the momentum that she has. So she needs to pick up the victory. For Nyla Rose versus Sheeta, I have nothing against Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose is slowly growing on me, and I enjoy what she does in AEW, and I enjoy her tweets on Twitter, and I just enjoy what she does on a regular basis. So there's no hard feelings to, to her, and I know she only had a short championship reign to be AEW Women's Champion due to this whole pandemic that we're in. However, I would like to see someone new have it. So my pick would be Sheeta. Sheeta has it all. Underhandedly, like, takes it away from her and then it's Britt versus Nyla or just something like that. But I don't want these championships to be on someone for a very long time unless they're having very good story they're interacting with everyone and anyone and they're cutting the best damn promos to keep me interested in why they should remain champion but those are my two picks now on to the tag team match of santana and ortiz versus kenny omega and damascus matt hardy i don't have any criticisms for this tag match i did think that Matt was going to do the change of clothes again, but if Matt continues to use the change of clothes, it will lose its flair throughout the time that Matt is in AEW.
So in the beginning of the match, Ortiz drops down to his knees and Santana jumps, does a moonsault off of Ortiz's back onto Kenny Omega. Finally, Hardy comes out and bites on Santana's ear. Hardy is now on the attack to Ortiz. Santana is throwing a lot of fists to Hardy. Hardy throws Santana out of the ring. The Kataru Crusher from Omega. Omega and Hardy do a combination of a double duck, a double boot, and a suplex onto Ortiz. Matt Hardy hits the side effect to Santana and then also a leg drop. Omega comes in with chops and punches to Santana. Ortiz pulls Omega's feet. He basically named that move the Coquito Clutch. Puerto Rican Dominican drink. We but get lumped in with like every Spanish person awesome there is, but there's a Puerto difference Rican between all the Dominican Spanish drink where it's in all the Spanish culture, except for like Puerto Rican Dominicans. There's only like slight liquor base are different between drink, us, but that yet then is only want to be like within totally holidays such as but Christmas. It is an awesome Puerto Rican and Dominican drink where it's a coconut liquor base type of drink that is only drunk within holidays such as Christmas. And coconut rum or some type of rum, even Dominican rum into it. And it's one of the best drinks to like have. So if you want to experience new things with different cultures that you don't know nothing about, you can definitely ask your Spanish friends about Coquito or just look it up on Google. And trust me, it's a necessity. Then Santana puts Omega into a stretch, which I have not seen that abdominal stretch in a very, very long time. During some time in the match, Omega does the Snapdragon suplex to Ortiz. Hardy comes in and hits Santana's head against the turnbuckles. Hardy with the clothesline sits out with a side effect. Santana and Ortiz looking for the street sweeper. You guys could definitely correct me if I'm wrong on naming any of these type of moves or finishers that these guys do. And I just learned for the commentators. However, Hardy counters with a twist of fate. Move, twist of fate against to Santana. Twist of fate against to Santana. Ortiz breaks it up. He breaks up the cover. Ortiz rolls Santana for him to hit a rolling cutter on Omega. That looked pretty cool. That whole sequence. There is a shotgun dropkick to Omega from Ortiz. Ortiz drops down. Santana does a running senton onto Omega. Omega's in the corner. At some time in the match, Omega counters the street sweep with a Huracarana. Tags Hardy. Hardy comes in. Hardy has a guillotine butterfly-like submission. It is broken up when Sammy comes out. Sammy Guevara comes out with his neck brace and also a steel chair. He gets into the ring and he tells Matt Hardy to stay right there so he can hit him with the chair. That does not work. Matt Hardy kicks Sammy Guevara in the stomach. Sammy Guevara loses grip of the chair and drops it. And this is where Matt Hardy plants him with a twist of fate. Then Kenny comes in with a V trigger. Kenny comes in with a V trigger. Hardy does a twist of fate to Ortiz. And this allows for the team of Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy to pick up the victory. Our next match is MJF versus Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson is a 22-year-old who has who has two years of experience in professional wrestling. And this is what you would call a jobber match. 
There was nothing where MJF would give Lee Johnson a little push, like how Kenny Omega gave a push to Alan Angels and how Ray Phoenix gave a push to Alan Angels as well. MJF versus Lee Johnson is a straight up jobber squash match, even if Lee Johnson decided to chop MJF in the chest and that angered MJF to the point where he took out his frustrations on the young kid and just ended up being... But then again, that's the MJF character. That's what you get. MJF is a heel, so it makes sense, even though I'm not too keen on it. However, MJF picks up the victory when shoulder breaker to Lee Johnson and that has Lee Johnson the tap. After the match, MJF gets on the mic, says a couple of stuff, even mentions something very interesting. He tells the world that Marco has an open contract, so he decided that next week he's going to have a warm-up match before he faces Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing. He wants to face Marco Stunt on next week's. Another prediction, MJF versus Jungle Boy match that they put together something that I missed or something I didn't think too deeply about just because it might have been like a one-off thing my pick would be Jungle Boy because he has a very promising career he is young and imagine having a win over MJF that would be very huge MJF is the heel, so naturally I will go against the heel. And that's just simply how I came up with my prediction for wanting Jungle Boy to win. Chris Jericho versus Pineapple Pete. Chris Jericho did not allow Pineapple Pete to get much offense in in the beginning. Once Jericho decided to throw the Judas effect, which is just a spinning elbow, Jericho picks up the win one, two, three. And that ends the fairy tale story of Pineapple Pete. Now, regardless of how the decision went down and how Pineapple Pete lost, it was the way that. And he does it with the subtle of things. And not every old school professional wrestler would do that for the younger guys, like how Jericho does it. And Jericho deserves all the respect in the world for how he puts over these guys. Vanguard 1 is, is destroyed. You know, it wasn't really supposed to affect me. Like, it should have already been like, oh, okay, I've seen it. But... The first strike to the drone, it wasn't really supposed to affect me. Like, it should have already been like, oh, okay, I've seen it. But the first strike to the drone, that got me. It's like, how dare you strike a piece of electronic that's been there? Like, fate and so much love into the technology that can eventually turn on us, um, that we put so much love and effort into it as if it was our own family members that you get choked up with what happens to it in storylines. And Matt Hardy's emotional state was really spot on. And I love the fact that Matt Hardy didn't run out there in anger. He walked out there in disbelief and crying and all the inner circle members scattered as if like they were going to get in trouble and stuff. And I like the small details of how it all came together before the destruction of Vanguard. 
that's going to be happening at Double or Nothing. It is called Stadium Stampede. It is going to be the elite versus the inner circle. Now, I really do hope that this is when, I really do hope that this is when Hangman Adam Page comes back. On television, if anything, they might get Matt Hardy to help out as well. His so upcoming the match will with have Lance Kenny, Archer, so he would not be Matt, part of the elite. Nick. So Hangman, the elite will have and they do need a Kenny, fifth person. Matt, unless they're going to do four, the elite will have Kenny, Matt, Nick. But I digress. This is going to be a very interesting match. Come double or nothing. And of course, here is my prediction. I'm biased. As much as I love what the Inner Circle is doing and I give them all the props and I will secretly be cheering for them, my pick to win the Stadium Stampede match at Double or Nothing will definitely be the Elite. I've always been an Elite girl, always been on their side, always been a Kenny Omega fan, always been a Young Bucks fan, and at all. And you can't go wrong with him. And you can't go wrong with Hangman Adam Page coming in and doing what he does best. So my pick, the Elite. Our main event for AEW Dynamite: Christopher Daniels versus Brody Lee. This was a very good match. Um, I do know that Christopher Daniels is definitely no slouch. Christopher Daniels is another legend in this business, and I had the opportunity to watch him live years ago. And he held his own with Brody Lee, and I want to see more from this. There's a really good dynamic between him and Brody Lee fighting. There's a really good dynamic if we were to ever cross over the fallen angel Christopher Daniels into the Dark Order stuff, depending on how like that would work. But like I could see it happening. As you can tell, it seems like SCU might start breaking away and start doing singles run just because how long can you keep SCU going? Scorpio Sky is going to be branching out. He wants the singles run. He is currently in the casino ladder match. Maybe this might be his big break, but then again, he has Kazarian there who's been his road partner for a good amount of time. They know each other. They know their moves and weaknesses and stuff like that. So... It'll be a very interesting thing to see how SCU breaks up and what these guys would do individually to keep Christopher Daniels going, even though he's an agent and he may not want to wrestle every single time that AEW Dynamite or Dark is on. He could definitely be in the background to the Dark Order, trying to recruit people, trying to help out people, just being the background person to make sure that the Dark Order is known. Like pushing it because he's the fallen angel. Like it'll make sense. It really would. Daniels with chops to Brody. Brody catches Daniels with a power slam. Daniels with a tope suicida to Brody and the Arabian moonsault to Brody. Daniels slingshots in on Brody and lands an elbow on him. Sometimes during the match, there's a big boot to Daniels, which sort of knocks him out a little bit. Then a back body drop to Daniels from Brody. Brody does a sidewalk slam to Daniels. There's a super kick to Daniels as well. Daniels kicks out. Daniels countered the back body drop that Brody Lee was going to give him with a DDT. Daniels comes in with strikes and kicks and then a hurricanrana to Brody Lee. Preston, who is number 10 of the Dark Order. Brody Daniels tries to use a chair, chair into Brody. Daniels then does the Koji the clutch chair into Brody. The Dark Order kicks the chair then does the Koji clutch. The Dark Order comes out 
Daniels does the angel's wings to Brody Lee. How crazy is that? I Daniels will say that the very the interesting ever to Brody Lee that was the whole entire match. Well. This is where people Brody need to pay attention because it's Daniels, all in and the then details. Does the discus lariat Every time Daniels was down victory. on the mat, Brody Lee will roll I will out say that the very interesting of that whole entire match, and this is where people need to pay attention because it's all in the details. Every time Daniels was down on the mat, Brody Lee will roll out to the outside deep into their soul. Like, pay attention to that. Some stuff is going to go down in the coming weeks. I don't know what it is. And even if I didn't know, I wouldn't spoil it for no one. But we could only speculate and have fun with it and not be jerks about it. But the details are important, especially when it comes to AEW. Rather than crying about certain things, just pay attention, let it play. Like, pay attention to that. Some stuff is going to go down in the coming weeks. I don't know what it is. And even if I didn't know, I wouldn't spoil it for no one. But we could only speculate and have fun with it and not be jerks about it. But the details are important, especially when it comes to AEW. Rather than crying about certain things, and it'll work out eventually. Leave with the AEW number 10, and leave with the AEW championship. This is a nice promo that leads up to their match at Double or Nothing. And Moxley cuts a promo in the middle of the ring. This is a nice promo that leads up to their match at Double or Nothing. And it's going to be a fight. It's definitely not going to be a wrestling match. It's going to be a fight. So another prediction for Double or Nothing, Brody Lee versus Moxley. I am going to say that Moxley retains the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. All right, guys, that was my whole review of AEW Dynamite along with predictions for Double or Nothing. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to this podcast, listening to me break down matches and listening to me talk about critiques and how things can be fixed. Again, if you want to follow me on social media, you guys are more than welcome to. You can find me on Twitter at Marie underscore shadows. You could also sign up to the wrestling newsletter, squaredcirclepodcast.substack.com and also follow me on Sportskeeda so that you can read my predictions in full at www.sportskeeda.com forward slash profile forward slash Marie dash shadows. If you guys want to leave any comments, Anchor is a great source for you to leave comments. You guys could definitely leave a voice message on Anchor to let me know how you felt about this episode and what predictions you have for AEW Double or Nothing. I look forward to reading all comments, hearing all comments, even suggestions on how to improve. That would be lovely. But at the end of the day, this is the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I will see you guys in the next one.